Live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. We, the people, Congress shall make no law. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is Bullet Points 2A Talk Radio, brought to you by the United States Gun Club. And now, your host, Tony Ashcraft. Uh, Chicago, pretty interesting. Yeah, there's, I see a little bit more talk about it. I'm encouraged because yeah. there's a little bit more discussion about it. So it is true that most of the guns recovered, uh, according to the Illinois State Police Department, we just did the story recently, mm-hmm. uh, 60% of guns covered. Uh, going back to the beginning of 2017 to now, they've recovered a, a little bit a little bit more than 24,000 illegal guns. Now, if it were true that the, the lax laws, as Lightfoot puts it, in the surrounding states there, Illinois, were causing the violence problem in Chicago, uh, you would think that these states surrounding Illinois would have the same problem, if not a worse problem, right. since yeah. they are where the laws originate. So you've got Iowa and Missouri to the west, you've got Indiana, Kentucky to the east, and you've got Wisconsin north, and not one of those states have the homicide rate that no. uh, uh, Chicago does. And I'll tell you, it it always kills me that, that the politicians in Chicago want to blame everything and everyone. They, they don't want to take a look yeah. inside and think, what can we do to make this problem better? And I've got a suggestion. Now, I know, uh, I know Mayor Lightfoot is just a mayor of Chicago, and I'm just a guy that does a show. But uh, if she's listening... Uh, here's a way that you can that you can help stop some uh, uh, some gun violence over there is by actually prosecuting people. Uh, yes. And we can start with 18 U.S.C. 924 paragraph G calls for a 10 year sentence to someone that crosses a state line to get a gun for the purpose of committing a crime. There's also 18 U.S.C. 924 paragraph B that calls for a 10 year sentence for anyone that crosses a state line for the intention uh, with a gun for the intention of committing a felony. Now, if we think about it, it most of these guns that are, or just I would say all of these guns that are in the possession mm-hmm. of these uh, bad guys there in the Chicago area, all 24,000 of them, uh, it is a felony to illegally possess a firearm because you got to have the firearms ownership ID card, yep. background check, state background check, all that stuff. Uh, and, and I'm sure that none of these 24,000 people that got caught with these guns had that. So why aren't all those people serving 10-year sentences? Why aren't we finding out yeah. who's if, – if indeed – I mean, the, the, and the numbers would, would prove that, that, that somebody is going from Chicago to these neighboring states, and most of them come from Indiana. Uh, the majority of them come from Indiana. Is that so, true? Yeah, yeah they're, they're going over to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you were saying that because I'm from Indiana. No, no, no. Now I know that you've <clears throat> had some issues in. Uh, yeah, yeah, Indiana. So Indiana, obviously, their gun laws are working. Well, they're working for Brooks anyway. Yeah. I can't speak for the rest of everybody, but no, most of them are coming from Indiana. That's uh, as a percentage, yep. and a smaller percentage of there. It's fairly evenly spread amongst two states, but uh, Indiana is the largest contributor, and that may just be a uh, just a convenient thing, but. 
if these people are indeed going to other states, and obviously they are, because 60% of the guns we know through tracing that that's where they come from. That's where they originated yeah. from somehow through a straw purchase or they're stolen or whatever. It doesn't matter. Gary, Indiana. But, but anyway, they've somebody has crossed a state line with that gun yeah. with the intention of shooting somebody with it or the intention of selling it to someone that ought not have it. Yeah. So if that person sells a gun to somebody that they know that they know doesn't have it, and why else would you buy a gun off the street unless you can't pass a background yep. check, that person's probably a felon. So there's three felonies right there before the trigger's even pulled. Yeah. So why are the people in Chicago, why are they not asking the feds for help? Why are they not taking all these people? So by if, if we just use some straight-up math here, you get a little over 24,000 guns, 60% of them come out of state. Whatever sixty percent of twenty four thousand, about fourteen thousand ish, there should be fourteen thousand people right now serving ten year sentences. Yeah, but there's not. There's not. Right. But there's not. So, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, you kind of see what the problem is. Don't blame it on other states. Get your own act together because there are laws on the books. They're not enforcing these laws. I don't know what good more laws are going to do. Well, we also talked about the uh, um, completion rate of uh, arresting. What was it? Uh, oh yeah, the uh, homicide. Homicide. Yeah, it's like nine point five percent. Yeah. Well, that, a lot of that is due to the the, um, the local folks don't want to cooperate whenever there's a shooting. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a community issue. But that is something that if if I had to comment on this just from uh, an observation, I think that oftentimes people in leadership in cities, particularly. Uh, cities with a, a dense urban population, you know, a St. Louis, a Ferguson, a Chicago, whatever. You know, there's always this thing. If the police end up shooting a, uh, you know, a citizen, mm-hmm. then it's always that the police are bad guys. Right. It's always the police are out just indiscriminately shooting folks everywhere. So the leadership there necessarily builds this bad relationship yeah. between the police and the citizens. Now, I'm not saying that every cop is wrong or every cop right. is right, but each individual case has to be heard on its own merit and judged, you know, based on w- whatever the truth is. Right. So, but if, if let's say just one bad cop does act and, and shoot somebody and he shouldn't, well, he should be prosecuted and go to whatever yeah, should absolutely. happen to him. Yeah, he, he should go. But you can't judge the entire police force right. based on the actions of one individual. Yeah. Uh, but the, I don't think the leadership, you know, you saw it in, uh, We've seen it in Ferguson. We've seen it in St. Louis. We've seen it in Baltimore. We saw it in Los Angeles. You know, over and over, they build this culture, the leadership does, the the mayor, the city council, the prosecutors, everybody in the city offices builds these this terrible relationship between the cops and the, and the community. So in the community, especially community of color, somebody gets shot, then the cops are automatically the enemy. Yeah. It's not, it's, it becomes an us versus them. So they don't want to cooperate. They don't want to help. They perpetuate their own crime problem, right? And it's it is a terrible dynamic to have. And the unfortunate side of it is, it it is easily done, but it is it takes it takes a couple of days, a week or so, and one incident of people getting at the podium and talking downtown Chicago or Ferguson wherever to 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 do that damage, and that damage mm-hmm. lasts can last for a long time, generations even. Yep. Uh, and it takes a very long time to, to undo that. It's very difficult. So I would say if they want to solve more crimes, get this homicide uh, rate up above 9.5%. That's atrocious. Yeah. But again, that's because the witnesses don't want to cooperate. 
people build that relationship. People, yeah, build that relationship, and you know, folks don't want to be snitching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but real, I mean, really, they, they they get a long way to go. But man, I I put it I put it in the lap of uh, of the leadership because they could they could do more to turn the tide. It's not just law, you know. They right. they could do more uh, to develop the relationship on both sides. I'm not saying the sure. cops are perfect. No, no, they could they could. They could get in the in the police department and and get some programs and interact with the community. They could do right. more of that, uh, but they don't. But no. they don't for whatever reason. This is Bullet Points Two A Talk Radio, a Bullet Points Media property. Tony Ashcraft and Brooks Pranger hanging out with you in the studio on the Second Amendment Tuesday. Hey, I want to remind you guys. Um, uh, if you want to help support the Second Amendment, a good way to do so is the Second Amendment Foundation. You can find them at saf.org. Also, Gun Owners of America at gunowners.org, both good alternatives to the NRA. Nothing wrong with the NRA. They've got some leadership issues you know, in, yeah. going on right now. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to get that solved. NRA is a, a good organization. They, they always do good work, so I don't want to... I don't want to demean them at all, but um, you know the NRA is is typically the whipping boy of uh, right. when it comes to yeah. uh, gun stuff. So uh, saf.org, Second Amendment Foundation, also Gun Owners of America, GunOwners.org do a lot of good work. They're great organizations. Uh, so check them out when you get a chance. Let's get to Walmart, man. Who hasn't heard about the Walmart Ooh, thing by yeah. now? But look. So Walmart, you know, we, we talked about Doug McMillan, the CEO of Walmart, a while back, just not, not too long ago. You know, he came out and said, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm for red flag laws. I'm for a discussion about the Clinton era assault weapons ban. I'm for universal background checks. I, I want to support any politician that wants to support. He used the word common sense. You know, that's, a, <laughs> yeah. that's it right there. That's kiss of death right there. Right? Common sense gun laws. Oh, no. Uh, but anyway, he's he's for all that. Now, since then, uh, we've, of course, had the, the shooting at the Walmart in El Paso, uh, in which uh, it was over 20 people whose lives were taken by uh, some insane homicidal yeah. idiot that drove uh, almost all the way across Texas and, and decided that, that, that Walmart was where he was going to carry out his crime. But Walmart, since then, has decided that they are no longer going to sell handgun ammunition. They're no longer going to sell ammunition that is, quote, commonly used in military-style assault weapons. They're also not going to sell ammunition for short-barrel rifles. And um, they... Uh, well, hold on a second, Tony. Ammunition for short-barrel rifles, what's that? That's what they said. So what's, what's that kind of ammunition? I don't even know what that is. I don't either, but that's what they said. So, I mean, it's printed in their press release. That's that's what they said. Well, I'm going to go look that up. Yeah, look that up and right. see what you can find out. We're going to get our uh, – I'm sorry, I apologize. But we don't have a definition for uh, ammunition for short-barreled rifles, uh, but Brooks is on it. We've got our, our research team uh, here in the studio as well, and uh, we're going to try to try to get an answer for you yep. before the end of the show. We will – we will break news when we do. Uh, all right, so yeah, so Walmart says that that no more no more ammo. So they're gonna they're gonna cut that out uh, because I mean it's not as if this guy went to the Walmart with an unloaded gun, went back to the counter, bought ammunition, loaded the gun up, and then started shooting. He didn't. Uh, I don't really know what Walmart is hoping to accomplish, and that's why I use the term virtue signaling because they want to be the company that says. You know what? We're we're not going to do that. We're not going to participate in that. It's not. Mm, we don't like it. 
So what Walmart is saying, let's think about let's think about the statement that Walmart is making, not the verbatim statement, but let's think about what what they are saying, the idea that they are conveying. They are saying that we have a product on our retail shelves that is commonly available for anyone that is of age to come in and purchase. And that product may be used to kill or harm another human being. May misuse of that product may result in the death of another human being. Therefore, we're going to take it off our shelves. We're not going to make it available anymore because we don't want to be, uh, you know, a participant in the cause of people losing their lives. It's very, very virtuous, very virtuous. Uh, so they, they want to do that. They also, Oh, I forgot to mention, they, they also don't want open carry in their stores in Walmart or Sam's. If you guys don't know who Walmart is, I, I forgot to mention Walmart, uh, Walmart has a little over 2,400 stores here in the United States. It's Walmart uh, that doesn't pay their employees very well. It's, uh, and then most of their employees are, are, are part-time so they don't have to pay them benefits. Right. Yep. Um, they have wrecked rural America, small town rural America by putting a lot of mom and pop stores uh, out of business. Um, and they are also, they're also China's number one customer. It's that Walmart. So I didn't want you guys to be confused because that's the one I'm talking about. Don't I just in case you didn't know, in case you weren't familiar with um, with the Walmarts. Uh, but yeah, so they want to they want to be virtuous. They don't want to do this anymore. And I get it. I can understand that. You know, you want to take a stand. You want to do the right thing. When people are losing their lives, someone has to do something. And Brooks, I, I know uh, you didn't see this press release, and I apologize for not getting to you, but I want to share it with the listeners. Uh, Walmart, you know, in, in keeping in the theme with the uh, we're taking we're taking ammunition off the shelf because someone might misuse it and could result in in a death. Um, they have also stopped selling all automotive products: no tires, no batteries, no. Uh, floor mats, cleaners, oil, fuel injector cleaner, all that stuff's gone because uh, people die in automobile accidents every year. True so story. Walmart has said, no, we're not going to do that anymore because we can't participate in that. So they're keeping on this uh, virtue signaling train. So they, they've, they've stopped all automotive stuff. They're going to close down the entire department. They're going to move everything out of there. So you can't get an oil change there. You can't get tires rotated, flats fixed, none of that stuff because automobiles kill people and Walmart, damn it, is not going to be a part of that mess. I did miss that. Yeah, uh, and also they've uh, they oh they haven't stopped there. Oh really? No, they they uh, they said no more alcohol. They're going to take all the alcoholic beverages off the uh, off the aisle. So no wine, uh, no beer, none of that stuff. They're not going to have that there because people occasionally will yeah. become intoxicated and get you know they'll they'll drink and drive and they'll cause an accident. They'll hurt somebody else or hurt themselves, mm-hmm. and so that happens. That happens a lot more than the gun thing does. Right, and so do automobile accidents. So they again. They want to be virtuous. They don't want to participate in anything that's causing, you know, that's misused by a an individual and results in death. They they just don't want to do that. Medicine also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the next thing. It's uh, funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's the next thing. So the opioid crisis is a big deal. In fact, in 2017, according to the CDC, we had over 70,000 people uh, here in the United States that died of accidental overdoses from opioids. So the pharmacy is no longer dispensing any opioid-based medication. They have stopped right away. Um, The big one, though, the big one. Uh, The big one is their Walmart is going to stop selling forks, knives, spoons, plates, bowls, Pop-Tarts, popcorn with butter, 
they're not going to sell chips anymore. They're not going to sell cookies anymore. Uh, sweetened cereal, sodas, uh, frozen pizza, mm-hmm. cheese, uh, most of the uh, lunch meat back in there. They're not going to sell that anymore. Uh, they're taking bacon off the shelves, ice cream, all of it. Because according to the National Institute of Health in 2017, 300,000 people died of obesity and mm-hmm. obesity-related complications. That's hypertension. Um, that's uh, pulmonary disease. That's heart disease. And let me tell you something. If there's anything you're guaranteed to find in Walmart, it's a fat person. <laughs> in fact, Walmart is even taking those electric scooters. Uh-huh. They're doing away with those, too, because they, they feel like they're enabling obese oh. people to go in there and cruise around and buy <laughs> those junky foods. So they've stopped doing that, too. Wow. So, yeah. So now. Noble. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's virtual. I, I'm all about it. All about <laughs> it. So now when you go to Walmart. Uh, the only thing you're going to be able to buy there is they're going to have uh, fresh produce, fruits and vegetables. No GMOs because oh. that's messing with people's heads, too. That's making yeah. people crazy, apparently. So they ain't about that. They're <laughs> not going to do that. Oh, peanut butter, too. Peanut butter's gone. Oh, Done. I know it's got protein in it. They don't right. like it because it's got sugar in it, making kids crazy, ADD, oh. whatever. You know, that, that's gone. <laughs> they're done with that. So just fresh fruits and vegetables, no GMOs. So you can get those. Um, you can get bottled water. Oh, you can get saltine crackers, low sodium though, low sodium, only saltine crackers. You can get that and you can get ugly clothes, but only up to and including extra large, nothing bigger because you know, (laughs) because they don't want to enable, right? Because they figure if they're going to stop selling all of these, uh, you know, the pop tarts and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that people aren't going to be obese anymore. They're going to solve the problem. Oh, so there's not going to be a need for double X or triple X or anything like that. You don't need them. You don't need them big boy sizes. They got Hey, that's common sense. That is common sense. (laughs) Oh, common sense. Common sense from the virtuous minds of your friendly neighborhood Walmart. It's a beautiful thing. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. Uh, the other thing that they're going to do too. Now I was really impressed with this. This was, uh, this was really a step in the right direction, I think, for Walmart. You know, if you go to Walmart, a lot of times there, um, uh, there's a there's a McDonald's in there. Yeah, uh-huh. there's usually McDonald's in there, and it's right at the front. Yep. So, of course, Walmart and McDonald's are, are different companies, so Walmart can't really tell McDonald's what to do. McDonald's is not on the virtue signaling bandwagon yet, <laughs> but Walmart has also banned open carry of uh, Big Macs. <laughs> So if you get a so if you get a Big Mac from Walmart, you can't take it out in the store and eat it. You can't open carry a Big Mac. You can't open carry a fry. And don't walk out of there with one of those any size drinks for a dollar with a plastic straw in it. Hell no. The popo will come and get you right away. You also can't open carry a cell phone. Because, you know, distracted driving, people ram, ram into stuff. You can't <laughs> open carry a cell phone. So no Big Macs, no fries, no big-ass drinks with a straw in it. Uh, no no cell phones. You put that crap up when you get into Walmart where you're getting your saltine cracker and your medium uh, workout shirt. That's how that's going to go. Because Walmart, right? Oh, gosh. They've got it. They've got that's it down. The- Listen, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more thankful for Walmart all my life, man. I'm going to go hug a Walmart employee as soon as I leave here. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm oh, gonna do it right geez. now. All right, look, y'all. If that sounds like a bunch of BS, it's because it is. But listen, all the stuff that I mentioned, it, it, I mean, it is true about the about the ammunition. It's very true about the ammunition. That's a real thing. The rest of this crap, uh, obviously, uh, we're just messing with you a little bit. But is it really out of the realm of possibility? Did it, it's not beyond the metric that they are using? They're saying, hey, this product is hurting people. It's in our stores. We don't like it, so we're going to take right. it away. So why not use that throughout the store? 
because it's stupid. It yeah. sounds silly because it is. So it's always one of those things, man. Second Amendment uh, logic, the Second Amendment common sense seems not to apply to anything else. Now, look, I know for a lot of people, especially we got a lot of listeners across Texas in smaller towns, uh, Refugio, Goliad, Victoria. There's a lot of people out there where these you, there's not a lot of access to right. what you need for the family. You know, you got to put groceries on the table. You got to get what you got to get. Sometimes Walmart is a necessary evil, but I will suggest this to you. If there is a possibility, if there's an option for you to go someplace else to get what you need, I, I would say do it. Yeah. I would say do it if you can possibly do it. Um, you know, if you really support the Second Amendment, um, show it with your dollar. Let's see how it works out. Um, it, again, you know, there's a Walmart like less than a mile from my house, literally. Right. Uh, the town I live in is about 120,000 people. There's three freaking Walmarts in there. It's crazy. I can't get away. <laughs> they're, they're probably going to come to my house and kill me now. <laughs> probably Walmart's Secret Service will come they're in. They're on their way. They're on their way right now. That's right. Hey, but listen, uh, yeah, Walmart, private company, they can do it. Uh, they can do whatever they want. Um, but it, it, it's your money and it's in your pocket and you can do whatever you want. So well, uh, if it's something that you, you disagree with that you don't like, then stand up and, and, and show it. Well, Sam Walton, he's also the one that was quoted uh, a long time ago saying that no position is safe because the customer is the boss. That's right. That's right. You know, he, he's the one that said, if the customer doesn't shop here, we don't make money. That's right. So yeah. very, very true. Very true. So yeah, Walmart, man. What what do you what do you think of Walmart? What are you thinking? Okay. This is Bullet Points 2A Talk Radio, brought to you by the United States Gun Club. Tony Ashcraft and Brooks Pranger hanging out in the studio with you on a Second Amendment Tuesday. Hey Brooks, uh, short barrel. You got a short barrel rifle ammunition update? I'm coming up blank so far. Nothing. Still, nothing. I'm still trying. All right. So our our our, our research staff is uh, is still on that. We're trying to figure out what in the hell that is. Uh, speaking of trying to figure out what the hell things are, <laughs> Focahontas Fakajawea, uh, Elizabeth Warren herself, while stumping in. Um, in Hampton Falls, New Hampshire, uh, she was asked by somebody there uh, what she was going to do to help curb gun violence, what she was going to do about gun control. So she named off universal background checks and a couple other things. She also said she also said she was going to ban bump stocks. Hmm. Yep. Going to ban bump stocks. <laughs> somebody probably what? should have told Elizabeth Warren that um, bump stocks have been banned since March 26th when uh, a big orange Donald Trump, by executive order, uh, told the ATF to turn a piece of plastic into a machine gun. And that's what they did. Well, you know what? Maybe, I don't know, maybe Elizabeth Warren's just trying to be extra safe. She's double banning bump stocks. So if you ban it once, that's good. If you double ban it, that's twice. Maybe she should double ban uh, murder and cocaine. Ooh, I, I think you're right. I, I feel a little bit safer now. Yeah, me if too. She would. Yeah, I feel one one thousand twenty fourth of a percent safer. <laughs> I really do. All right. Speaking of buff stocks, uh, a guy, <laughs> a guy from right here in our own backyard, a guy from Houston. His name is AJ Dingra, and he is a forty three year old man here in the Houston area. He is believed to be the first person in the United States to be prosecuted under the bump stock ban. Now, uh, Dingra got the attention of the Secret Service in August by sending an email 
to the George Bush Foundation asking the former president to, quote, send one of your boys to come and murder me, end quote. <laughs> yep. 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 So uh, prosecutors say that uh, Dingra was previously involuntarily committed and was prohibited from having any types of weapon mm. at all. Uh, Secret Service, when they searched his house, um, they found a an AR-15 with a bump stock installed, a handgun, and four 100-round drums. So mm. this guy was up to no good. Now, he's been indicted for possession of a machine gun and making false statements to buy a firearm. So... If we look at this a little bit deeper and don't end it right there, let's, let's think about that last, what, what the indictment was. Prosecutor said he was indicted for possessing a machine gun. That's a bump stock. That's an easy one to figure out. And making false statements to buy a firearm. So presumably, if he's prosecuted uh, under federal law for making false statements to buy a firearm, he, he likely lied on his 4473 oh, as yeah. over-the-counter form. So if they said he's pre- previously been... Uh, involuntarily committed and he said no because mm-hmm. he did check the not crazy box on the 4473 uh, that tells you right there that there are some holes in the Knicks yeah. background system not necessarily the Knicks background system but the Knicks background system for all its critics can only report what has been reported right so it, it looks into a database and checks your name against uh, records that mm-hmm. have been submitted so states and uh, at different agencies all across the country have to keep their data updated in order for the Knicks background system to work. If they don't do it, if there's no data to see, then they can't check. So this guy, this guy managed to get a gun anyway. Managed to get a gun anyway, but uh, thank God he was crazy enough to send an email. Yeah, because that, so, that stopped that train. Right. Yeah, that that could have been. Well, that could have been crazy. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. He's obviously, you know, suffering from mental illness. I don't right. need to make light of it. But, no. uh, but if we think about it in the the potential that could have happened, something bad, um, you know, we're thankful that that he yeah. was, you know, that somebody somebody caught him ahead of time. Let's move on to let's let's, let's talk about stay in Texas. Uh, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has recently come out and said that. Um, he is in favor of universal background checks. He says that we need to stop uh, stranger to stranger sales, as he put it. And he is he is all about universal background checks now. And he uh, wants to put an exemption in there for friends and family. But he admits that an exemption for friends and family may be abused. Yeah. But he wants to stop private sales now. Previously. Uh, Dan Patrick was not not something that he he would have endorsed previously, but I think since uh, El Paso and Midland Odessa, he I think he's really really rethought this. Now let me say something about private sales. There, there's a couple of things here when we get to universal background checks, and this is what politicians or the people that are for private sales or I'm sorry for universal background checks never stop to address. The only way that you could enforce a universal background check on a private sale is you would literally have to know every gun, every serial number, and who has that right now. Mm-hmm. So you would have to, there would have to be a gun registry. That's the only way universal background checks would work. Because if you've got a gun that you picked up from a private seller 
last year, two years ago, whatever, you won a deer rifle on a football pot 10 years ago, you know, however you acquired it, you've got it, you're safe with it, it's yours. Well, nobody really knows that you have that, you know, because there's, you know, private sales are private sales, and as they should be, it's your property, do what you want with it. Uh, but there's there's no way to tell. So every gun in everyone's hands, everywhere, would have to be registered in order for you to know if a gun was moving from one person to another. Yep. If they didn't know the serial number existed, they would never know that it moved. So uh, Patrick doesn't really address that. So that's I'd like to hear how he's gonna how he's gonna do that, and if the suggestion is we just need universal background checks going forward. And that's kind of silly, too, because there's over 300 million guns in circulation right now. And we're cranking out about roughly 12, 13 million new guns a year. Mm-hmm. Not that they all get sold, but that's about what the manufacturing right. numbers are uh, around there on average. So, you know, how are you really going to how are you really going to do that? Uh, but still, we come back to how do you know if you're a private seller? How do you ensure that the person that you're selling to is not a person that shouldn't have it because somebody by outward appearances, you can judge a lot by outward appearances and you can certainly tell somebody, no, you know, if you see that person like, ah, this guy's probably nuts or this is not the right guy. You get a bad vibe, whatever. You don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. You can certainly say no, that is entirely up to you. Uh, There is a suggestion that's been floating around for quite a while that I kind of like, and it's called uh, bids. This is the blind identification database system. So the suggestion is that we take a database create a database and it is uploaded with all prohibited persons and you as a private seller could go in there and enter in someone's information presumably ask for their identification enter their identification in the blind uh, in the bid system and you would get a transaction number that would say yes you can sell it or no this person is prohibited so if you do sell it then you could point back to that transaction number let's say down the road uh, let's say that Brooks and I are, are private sellers. We don't know each other. I sell a, a handgun to Brooks. He's a good guy. I do the bids thing. I get the, the identification number. He goes on about his business. Two, three years later, he decides he doesn't like the gun anymore, or he gets in a buy and needs some money. Wh- whatever. The reason doesn't matter. He decides he's going to sell it. So he sells it to a buddy that he works with. Uh, he doesn't thinks he knows the guy, but maybe the guy turns out to be a bad guy. And Brooks is generally unaware that the guy is prohibited. Maybe he has a, a misdemeanor crime of domestic violence going back 20 years, whatever. It, it just it, it happens. So he does that. And then let's say that the guy does something bad with it. Well, if the authorities come and knock on my door and say, hey, you bought this gun new and you sold it to bad guy over here and bad guy did something with it bad, now you're in trouble. I could say, no, I'm not, because here's my bid's ID that I sold it with. I checked and I sold it to Brooks. Yep. I didn't sell it to this other guy. So it doesn't keep records. It's just uh, an ID. It's just a yes or no thing. And anybody could have it. As, as it goes now, only federal firearms license holders can call in to the NICS system and check backgrounds. So a mandatory background check system, I think, would be better if it was you know, through the use of a blind identification database system it's i think that's a great idea because let's be honest um whenever the people that i've been around that have sold guns privately 
Um, they're, they ask for ID. They ask for copies of driver's licenses just so they can keep that on record. Because, look, nobody wants to get in trouble for selling a gun to a bad guy. No. Nope. They just don't. They just nope. don't. Um, if, if it ever happened, I, I would feel terrible. You know, the ATF will occasionally call dealers to do a trace on a weapon. If they do a trace on a weapon, that means that that weapon was recovered in a crime or used in a crime. It's evidence of something bad happening somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's a phone call that no FFL holder likes to get right. because you know that a gun that you sold went down the road somewhere and did something it wasn't supposed to do. Somebody misused it in some way. It got stolen and recovered, you know, again, used in a crime, whatever. It ended up in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> something <laughs> something bad happened to God, can you imagine that? I just thought about that. See, I'm about to get off and start talking about something else. But in all the states that surround Chicago, you got 24,000 guns in the past two and a half years recovered. So think about in the past 10 years, how many have been recovered? And if 60% of those are out of states, can you imagine how many traces, trace requests the FFLs oh, must get wow. in those states surrounding uh, yeah. uh, Illinois? That's got to be crazy. Yeah. I would not want to be, no. not want to have my license hanging out there, that's for sure. Mm. But anyway, the bid system is a good idea. And it is generally rejected by most anti-gun folks because uh, it doesn't leave any control. You know, you can't you can't force any any control in there. And that's really what what guns what this this anti-gun movement is about. It's about gun control. It's not about keeping people safe. Right. You know, it's about gun control. That's that's what it is. They want to control the commodity, the people and the incidences and these emotional components that they put on top of all this is just a way to convince you of their argument. Now, is it true that guns are misused and lives are lost? It's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Do we need something to stop that? Do we need to do something to stop that? Yes, we, we for sure do. But I think we do it through education, through uh, relationships with law enforcement through better uh, private policing. And by private policing, I mean, watch yourself. Keep your guns locked up where they're supposed to be. Train yourself. Don't mm-hmm. walk away from your car and leave your gun in it. <laughs> yep, that's a bad thing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's a bad thing. Don't let that happen uh, because that does happen. And and I know people forget and it's not, it's difficult. But, we you know, we all have to be diligent. I think greater diligence as a society is is going to help us out and you know it's kind of a see something say something kind of thing you know we got to watch out for that got to watch out for stuff that's the that's the that is the first step is uh is is doing that as Uh a if we listen if we're gonna if we're gonna pound the table about we want our second amendment rights then it is our right but our right comes with a responsibility and that's where our role comes in we have to be responsible gun owners all the way around so uh, I, listen, I want to get out to, to California real quick before the before we run out of time here. Um, uh, the mayor out there, Sam Lacerno, wants to pass a law that's going to require firearms ownership insurance for all gun owners. So you got to go out there and get yourself some insurance. And this insurance would cover accidental discharge of the gun. Uh, or the intentional acts of a third party who steal, borrow, or otherwise acquire the gun. So, yeah, they want you to get an insurance policy. So if your gun gets stolen and bad guy that stole the gun goes out and do something dumb with it, your insurance is going to pay for bad guy's stupidity. Uh, If you can't afford the insurance, you can pay a per-household fine. And 
Wow. Yeah, he yeah. also wants to put a tax on uh, weapons and uh, and ammo out there. And it's just another way to try to price people out of gun ownership. Can you imagine? I'm not paying extra money if somebody steals my gun and shoots somebody and have my insurance pay for that. No. Yeah, that's silly. What insurance company? Can you imagine being the insurance company that's going to underwrite that? It's ridiculous. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Well, you call your insurance. I mean, think about it. Call your insurance company on your vehicle that you sold three years ago. Yeah. And say, hey, I sold it to this other guy, and he somebody stole it from him, and they ran into a crowd of people, and somebody got hurt. Can y'all cover that? <laughs> I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. Flow from Progressive is gonna tell you no. <laughs> Jeez, they're not covering that. No. They're not covering that at all. Wow, just just crazy stupidity. Well, uh, you know what? Our hour's gone. Already. Already. That's That's it. That's it. Some of us talk too much. (laughs) All right, listen, we'll be back. Until then, be armed, be smart, and be safe. Bullet Points 2A Talk Radio. A Bullet Points Media Property.